Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Woo, I am loud. And your microphone's hot. It's very hot, too. So, good morning, everyone. How's everybody doing today? Good. Good? Yeah. Joe's tired. I'm tired. Why? He, oh, do why you is really want to know? No, I'm so, no, no, I'm just tired. <laughs> let's, let's talk later. I mean, do you really want another sermon on disc golf? <laughs> let's move on. How are you today, Jesse? I'm good. Oh, that's so loud. That's so loud. Yeah. You're here just to do announcements. Well, why don't you do announcements? Great. I didn't know there was a whole talking piece. Usually there is. Good morning. Uh, welcome to Open Door. My name's Jesse. I am the short-er pastor. If you mix the three of us up, I'm that one. <laughs> I'm short-er. Uh, so we have three announcements, but I have a really quick update. Directories. We'll be ready next week. <laughs> we had last-minute people hop into our directories uh, yesterday, and then the printer decided it didn't want to print today. So they will be here next week. I'm going to Office Depot tomorrow. We'll get those printed. Um, so that's number one. Number two, if you are in need of a time to slow down, a time to just breathe, and fellowship, I invite you to coloring group. Honestly, we just sit in color, which sounds daunting, but it's not. It's... And eat. Um, so yeah, if you guys wanted to do self-care, if you wanted to slow down, coloring is really good for helping, like mindfulness, slowing down. You are welcome to join us. Also, if you're not a colorer, you can bring any project, any craft thing, anything you love to do just to slow down and join us for an hour and a half-ish. We get started at 7 in the fellowship hall. Next announcement. I make these and I don't remember what they are. Oh, if prayer is something you've been wanting to do, wanting to like jump step, like get into, um, Tuesday we're having a really easy baby step into a prayer practice. We're doing a Zoom meeting. So all you need to do is grab your smartphone or computer, hop on with us at 6.30, and um, yeah, it's an hour of prayer. You can be a silent prayer person and just say amen at the end. Or you can be a very loud <laughs> paragraph prayer. That is up to you. Um, but so yeah, you're invited to join us for a prayer meeting. If you want to get into that prayer meeting and you don't get our emails, let me know at the end of service. And I think that's it. Oh, shop talk. Guys, do you want a reason to wake up early on Saturday? Here you go. <laughs> uh, there's food, fellowship, Bible talk. Uh, in the fellowship hall on Saturdays, the first Saturday month, and that's this coming up Saturday. So all you men, I've never gone. I hope it's a good time. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're welcome to join them on Saturday. And I think that's it. Yeah, that's it. Yay. <laughs> Thank you, Jesse. Oh, my goodness. Uh, so today we are um, we're continuing on in, in Ephesians. We're going to be looking at verses 15 through 19, and uh, we're going to, have you ever been to a prayer meeting and you feel like all the prayers for people are the same? Does that ever happen? Maybe not. I mean, what do we usually pray? May Aunt Charlie hip feel better. Her name's Charlotte, just in case you're wondering. Right? <laughs> or get a new job, or... We're going to be looking at Paul, the beginning of Paul's prayer and go, well, what's something more meaty that we could potentially pray for someone? And here's the simple answer. You're praying for a miracle. And I'll explain what I mean by that. All right? Let's pray. 
Heavenly Father, thank you so much for, the, for this day. Thank you so much for this, this, uh, this opportunity to be in your presence and to worship you and to give you the praise that you deserve. You really are glorious. And you've shared that glory with us in, in, in the face of your son. You've opened our eyes to see it, and, and we are so grateful for that. We'll eternally sing your praise, worship you with all that we are because of your son. You deserve it. So Jesus, as we come into this moment, pray that you would help us to focus on you, Lord God, that you would, you would let go of whatever is going on in our own lives, whatever is you know, we're thinking about for this afternoon or that has already occurred and just be present in your presence this morning as we give you the, 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 all of our heart and worship. Father, this morning, simply pray for our own greater awareness of you in this world around us, that our focus is so much on you and the blessings that you provide to us, that we are open to seeing them in every moment. Thank you, Father. Amen. Stand as you're able. sure what the weather was like down here, but I was in Estacada yesterday, and it was beautiful. Not a cloud in the sky. 24 degrees. Beautiful, though. Um, and uh, as the sun would come out in these areas where we were walking around, I couldn't stop, help but just kind of stop and look up and just be like, okay, God, thank you. Thank you so much for these things. I wish I was better at praying and saying thank you for sleet and snow and rain and and all those other things that I don't like as much, but it's uh, an area uh, of growth for me. Let's pray. Go ahead and take a seat while we do so. Father, it dawns on me a little bit that when we say something like, you can have my heart, you are worthy, it's almost, there's a, sometimes I just feel like there's an arrogance to what we're saying, like, sure, God, you're good enough, you can have my heart, and and God, the fact is, it's just a statement of fact. Um, you are worthy, and you can, not you may, you can have my heart. You have it. Father, that we recognize more fully how good you are, how worthy you are of praise, and that we surrender our hearts because they should and are yours. Thank you, Father. We thank you for your word this morning. We thank you that you've brought these people here. I thank you for the opportunity to, to communicate what you have said. Thank you in your providence. You've brought each person here and each person that's going to hear this online. And we thank you that we have this, this document that, that has recorded what you've said so that we may know what is true and what is on your heart and what you've done for us in Jesus. We thank you, the Holy Spirit, that you, you not only wrote it, but you're here present right now. 
we ask that you would speak, that you would open our ears, open our hearts, open our minds, that we might know what you've said, that we might follow after you, that we might give you the glory that you have earned by what you've done for us, by your glorious inheritance you've given us, by by the hope that you've given us, by the, the immeasurable power that's towards us. It, oh, Jesus, you deserve it. Father, you deserve it. And so, Holy Spirit, be here. Put your words in my mouth. Whatever I have to say, may it be from you, and whatever's not from me, may, it, may, may us not hear it or remember it, but may the things that are from you be clear and loud. We pray this in Jesus' name. As I said a minute ago, um, so often, you know, when we hear about prayer requests from people, um, it's things like for health or for financial things, or maybe it's a relationship, and there's nothing wrong with praying for those things. That's fine. Continue to do that. Um, But it is interesting, is it not, that when you read through the Bible, that's not what Paul prays for people. It's not. And I don't, I, don't, I, 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 I don't think that he didn't pray for those things. But that's not what was his burden primarily when he was thinking about people. And what I want to communi- communicate today is what should we pray? What's a good prayer for people in your life? Particularly Christians. I think this will apply for non-Christians in a a slightly different way, but we'll come to that. And the basic answer is this. It's to ask for a miracle. A very specific one. Now, we're not getting charismatic here today. But it's a specific thing. And you're going to see that. Okay? My hope at the end of all this, you'll, you'll come away with something very clear that you can be praying for yourself and for people around you that you know God is going to answer. Because if you ask something that God has said to ask, which is in his word, you know that's something he wants to have answered, right? You know it. It's not like, well, maybe he'll answer it. No, no, no. If you pray what he has told you to pray, you know you got the answer. And I wish I would have put it in there, but there's that, that, there's that verse in 1 John that says, we know that it, when we ask for whatever is according to his will, we have what he is asked of us. It's like 1 John 5, ugh, something. Some of you are going to go, I know what that is. Well, we know what it is because he's going to say it to us right here. All right? Starting in verse 15 of chapter 1. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love towards all the saints, I do not cease giving thanks to you, remembering you in my prayers. Why is he praying? There's two questions these things ask that these verses bring up to my in my mind. First of all, what is the reason he's praying, and who is the you? 
who is the you and, who, and, and what is the reason? Well, the you is pretty straightforward. If we go back just a couple of verses, um, we see in him, you are the people who have heard the word of truth, heard the gospel, heard the message about Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, about his ascension into the, to, the, to be seated at the, the Lord Most High, that in Jesus we have our sins forgiven. These people hear this and go, I believe it. I need you, Jesus. I want you, Jesus. Believers, that's the you. It's people who, a couple of verses earlier, who've heard that, that we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace. These are the you. And this is the reason that he's talking about. He's talking about the you, these people, these people, as he puts here, who have faith in Jesus and it's expressed in love. So you know it's not just an intellectual agreement. It's an actual, it affects their life in the fact that they love people, love the saints particularly. But it's also, he's also referring to all the blessings from verse 3 through verse 14. All of those blessings We've said it, we said it at the start of this series, verse 3, did that the basic statement, this basic sentence, because verse 3 through verse 14 is one sentence, one sentence, and it basically gets down to this. This is the sentence of this whole thing. God, verse 3, all of this person is the one who has blessed us in Jesus, and then he starts listing out all the blessings in Jesus. That's the basic sentence. Because of the blessings we have in Jesus for this reason, and because you are the one who are in Jesus, I'm going to pray for you. What are the blessings? Is that, just to summarize those verses, that God shows us for a destiny. What's this destiny? It's to be in him, and in him we are holy, we are blameless, we are adopted, we have an inheritance. We are redeemed, we are forgiven, we have been given wisdom, we've been given insight. And all of this is according to his will, to his pleasure. As he works all things to make this destiny for us happen. And all of this because we have heard and believe in him. And all of that to the praise of his glory. That's what those first few, two verses are saying. You can see it right here. To the praise of his glorious grace, which he has blessed us. That's verse 6. And then you can look, he, he repeats, to the praise of his glorious great grace. Verse 12. So we might be to the praise of his glory. Verse 14. To the, pra that, to the praise of his glory. He wants us to praise, be praised to his glory for all the blessings. This is why he's praying for them. This is why he's remembering them in their prayer. Because they're believers who have been blessed immensely in Jesus. And this blessing is meant to bring glory to God. But here's the question that Paul is thinking about. Will they see the glory? Will they see the riches of the glory? Will they see that see what he's done for them, and give him praise. Will they? I've just outlined it for them, but will they get it? Because it's different from just reading a page 
processing the information and going, eh, that's interesting. Or reading it and going, oh my Jesus, what have you done for me? There's a difference. Paul wants them to give praise to God. And this is why he prays to the Father of glory. Look at verse 17 here. Look at verse 17. He prays that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory. Now, he, he could have just said, the Father of our, of, our, of, of, the, of our God and Lord Jesus Christ. He could have just said it, but, but he, he emphasizes that the Father is the Father of glory. Why that? And what, is it, what, what, what does that term mean? Well, one of the places that we can see that term is in Acts chapter 7. This is Stephen giving his defense for his faith. And he says, brothers and fathers, hear me, the God of of glory appeared to the father Abraham. One of the things he's doing here is he's saying this father of glory is the God of Abraham. He's the God of Isaac and Jacob. He's the God of, of Moses and David. He's the God of the Old Testament. This is who Paul is talking about. And it's quoting Psalm 29. Ascribe to Yahweh, the covenant God of Israel. Oh, heavenly beings, all, those, all you spiritual powers who pretend to be gods but are not, all of those beings, you need to praise the Lord of glory. Praise him in, in his strength. Ascribe to the Lord of glory. Do his name. Worship him. The voice of of the Lord is over the waters and the God of glory thunders over, over all those things that are rebellious against him. This is who Paul is thinking about. And so he says that may the God of, the, of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, do something for you. That, they, that God gives them a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Now, they have the Holy Spirit. They have been given some wisdom. They have been given insight and, 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 and a sense of seeing something. But he wants more for them. He wants more, that they see more. And what does that mean? This, this, this wisdom and revelation so that they can know God. They know God, but he wants them to know them more and more. It means having the eyes of their heart enlightened. Now, let's think about that image for a minute. What does it mean to have the eyes of your heart enlightened? It's really simple. If you were to close your eyes for a moment, you're in darkness, aren't you? Close your eyes. I'm, I'm in darkness. If you have your eyes enlightened, you open them and suddenly light shut comes in and you, know, you can see, you can know what's happening around you. It's literally, that's the image of opening someone's eyes to be able to grasp, to understand, to, to, to see the glory of God. Then you see 
give them a spirit. They have a spirit, but they want, he wants them to have more of it in wisdom. More of knowing how to have a, a, a skillful, correct response to what? To the disclosure of God. Revelation is God letting people know about things that they couldn't know otherwise. Open their eyes. Of their eyes of their hearts that they might be able to see. See what? Well, it's these three things. And I'll show you in the text in a moment. That they may know him, that is, they know the hope of their calling, the riches of their inheritance, and the power toward them. Power, inheritance, hope. That's what he wants them to see. Now, we've already seen, may they know know him and as we go here verse 18 that you may know the hope with which you have been called that is the riches of his glorious inheritance the hope the glorious inheritance and then finally in verse 19 and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe we have the hope. What is our hope? It is the hope of glory. It's the hope of being transformed to be like Jesus, that we get to share in his glory. Amazing that the God of glory would share his glory with us. How is that possible? How, you know, to quote Psalm 8, what is man that you would think of him in such a matter? That we get to share the glory of God? What is the glorious inheritance? He talks about that. We get God and God gets us. It's all the goodness of God and all of its experience. We get his glory. We get him. And the power, the incredible power towards us who believe. If you look at verse 20, I don't have it in my notes here, but if you look at verse 20, it says what that power is. It's the power that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. It's the power, the power that you, that God used to raise Jesus from the dead is in working in your life today. That's what he wants you to know. He wants you to know that the power of God, what, not just a trickle of it, the power of God is at work in your life. That you have a hope that is better than you can imagine. That you have an inheritance. You are rich beyond a, me a measure. You have all of this stuff, but will you prayer for the for the spirit to enable people to see that's what he's praying for why does he need to pray that why because they won't unless the spirit enables them and this is something you can pray for non-christians too i know he's specifically talking to Christians. But you can pray this for your non-Christian friends too. The reason why we need to see it is because people have been blinded. That is, their eyes have been closed where they don't see the light. They are kept from seeing. Seeing what? The light 
of the gospel that is the glory of Christ. They've been prevented from seeing the glory of Christ. Who's the image of God? Can we go a couple of verses, skip a verse on to this one? But for in the case of believers, God has said, the same God, and he makes this illustration of creation, the same God who said, let light shine out of darkness has shown light into our hearts. He's comparing people grasping the glory of Jesus to what he did when he created the world. That's the kind of miracle it takes for someone to see the glory of God. To give us light in the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus. It's a miracle when someone sees Jesus and goes, wow. The Spirit enabled it. And Paul wants it more and more for them. This is He's just said in verses 3 through 14 what you've got in his own. Here they see it. Oh Lord, enable them to see. That's what you need to be praying for yourself. That's what you need to be praying for believers. That God enable them to see. To see their glory. To see their hope. See their inheritance. See the power of Christ. It's a really simple message today. See God's glory in the face of Jesus. To see it. You want more of God? Ask for it. You want to see the power that's towards you? You got to ask for it. In other words, ask for more. It's really that simple. Paul says, for this reason, because of the blessing, I, God, I need you to do a miracle. Give them meaning, a miracle meaning, something that only the Spirit of God can do. Help people see it. So the next time, maybe please say, when you go to that prayer meeting, right? Just list all the people in your life and say, God, I pray you'd give them the spirit of wisdom and revelation that they may know their, ho your, their hope, that they would know their inheritance, that they would know the power that's towards them. In other words, just God, help them to see your glory. Father, help them to see your glory. That's a prayer that you know is going to get answered. You know it. And I don't know about you, but I love a for sure win. <laughs> don't you? I love when I, when I ask for something and I know I'm going to get it. Do you want to know you're going to get it? Do you want to have a prayer that really is going to make a big, big impact in people's lives, ask for an answer. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, there's so much here I could say, but Lord, I, for just for the day, oh, please, Jesus, open our eyes to see you. Open our eyes to see your glory, Father. Help us to see just how good of a hope you have for us. Help us to see just how rich your inheritance is for us. Help us to see how great the power we have in our lives. Help us to not hear the voice of our 
of the world that says you're poor and you're miserable and you're, and you're unimportant, that you're helpless. God, we're not helpless because you're on our side. But we don't see it, Jesus. Help us. And Lord, help us, save us from, from, from prayers that are not what you've said we need to be praying about. Help us to pray what your word has told us to pray. Help us to follow after Paul as he says, give us a spirit of wisdom and understanding. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And now, we're going to have a song called Open the Eyes of Our Hearts. It's a prayer for opening the eyes of our hearts. So as we sing this song and the other ones, take some time to go make this time worship. As you respond to the word, sing and pray. We're going to sing another song, but as we do, come to the table and get the elements. After the song, we'll, we'll, we'll do the words of institution and partake together. This is worship, too, because worship is, in fact, more than just singing. It is the giving of all of your heart in, to God, <laughs> to his glory. We have people come forward because I want you to choose this. You don't become a Christian just because, just because you're, you happen to grow up in the church. You don't, you're not a Christian because you go to church any more than going to McDonald's makes you a hamburger. Mm. You're, you have to hear the gospel and go, yes, I want you, Jesus. So come to the table. Take the elements as we sing. Come to the altar and I'll share the, and I'll do the words of institution and we'll take it together. Let's continue to worship as we do that. night that he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and he said, this is my body given for you. Just hours later, after being beaten and, and scourged, he was crucified. And at the third hour, there was darkness over the land and the Lord, the Father, turned his eyes away because he had laid upon him the sin of us all, as Isaiah 53 said. Isaiah 53 said that he was crushed for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. All of the wrath of God that we have earned was laid upon Jesus. This is why there's redemption in his blood. In his blood, there's forgiveness. There's holiness. There's, there's blamelessness. There's adoption as his son. And so you have a hope that's incredible. You have riches beyond your imagination. And this is the power that's at work in you. Who believe in Jesus. Who've heard this gospel and say, I want you, Jesus, I want you. The body and blood of Christ given for you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, so much.
that you gave your life for us. Thank you so much, Holy Spirit, for applying that, that work in our lives, for opening our eyes to see you, Jesus, to see your glory. Thank you, Father, that this was your good pleasure. This was your, your, your desire that we would be your children, that we would be holy and blameless, that we would see your glory, that we would share in your glory, that we would share in your presence. coming where Jesus will be back. It's getting closer. Pray for, for that day to come, but also be praying for people to be ready. Pray for their eyes to be open to see his glory, both believers and not. That they will see his glory and give him praise before that day where they will bow their knee whether they want to or not. To his presence. May the grace and peace of God be with you. Thanks for coming. We'll see you guys next week.